Hi, everyone, and welcome to AB Conversations, where we will help you CFP your way out of it, a podcast where you get into the minds of a couple certified financial planners on how we think and feel about everyday financial planning questions and what should really matter most to you. A healthier financial life starts now. All right. Welcome, everybody. And you, Ben. Thanks, man. Another round. Here we go again. So today we're going to talk about managing an inheritance and the role that we hopefully can help play there. Yeah. Um, when we were kind of again, getting ourselves oriented to, to talking about this sensitive subject, um, I think before we jump into how we can help, we always like to kind of frame this up. Um, and you and I were kind of talking about there being really two sides to this that um, like many things in life seem to be competing with each other, right? First, of course, if, if we're inheriting money or somebody's inheriting money, um, you know, somebody has passed away. A, a, a loved one has passed away. Money's already an emotional thing, but money tied to a, a person or a loved one is certainly going to potentially make that even more emotional. So yeah. whether that was expected or not, um, you know, there's often a sense of uh, a guilt of pressure, right? Uh, there's now responsibility tied to, you know, wanting to be a good steward of this. What would mom have wanted? What would Aunt Dottie have wanted? Um, you know, so there's certainly going to be that side of it. Yeah. Uh, but then there's the other side of it that is human nature, right? And whether you're incredibly responsible with your finances or not, um, when something has been put before you, the impulse may be with any windfall that it's going to accelerate something that, that you wanted to do already, right? Is it buying that toy? Is it fixing, fixing up the bathroom? Um, mm -hmm. You know, is there a, a way for me to now get something or do something that I've been looking forward to do? And now this is the means to the end. So I, I don't know if you have anything that you want to add to that. I just, th I see those as two very competing things that, that we recognize when somebody comes to us in, in this situation. Yeah, I'll just, I'll double down on it. it, it I, we certainly see that the two extremes and a lot of people fall in the middle, but the extreme of, I want to be extremely prudent and extremely careful. I want right. to do, I want to res, you know, respect the person's wishes, who, who this money came from um, and make sure that I don't squander it. The other side being, well, this is now a, a new, newfound pile of, of, you know, whatever it is, whatever the asset is, whatever the investment is. And now I can use it to accelerate either my goals or just to your point, things that I've wanted and haven't been able to do. Now I can have that instant gratification and just check that box off. So we certainly see both, both sides of that. Yeah. And I think, you know, we've seen the studies and studies show that there actually are more people in that latter camp, right? Seven out of 10 people who receive some sort of unexpected windfall exhaust that in just a few years. So um, let's maybe just, let that be the framework. Let's move into how we can help. Because um, I think first and foremost, we often say whether, again, it's, it's a windfall based on inheritance like we're talking about today, or, or maybe it's mm -hmm. some other means of, of falling into money. Financial planning is the name of the game. That's why we're doing this podcast. Let's mm -hmm. talk first and foremost about why financial planning is so important, you know, as kind of as the, as the launching off point for this situation. Um, and maybe let's highlight some scenarios based on their phase of life. Yeah, I hope nobody's shocked to hear us talk about financial planning on our, <laughs> on our podcast. Uh, but clearly, that's uh, where our mind goes first. 
Yeah. Um, and, it, and it really does depend on, and it's the way that we approach planning in general, depends on phase of life. If it's a younger couple that has children, there may be a specific set of goals that's going to be very different from a, someone nearing or in retirement. Um, it really, for, for us, the, those specific questions or those specific fundamentals that we would want to see in place really does depend on, on where they're at in life. Yeah. So maybe if they receive an inheritance, it's first, you know, going back to our fundamentals, do you have a cash reserve? Uh, if you don't, maybe this should serve that purpose. Do you need to cut down debt? Um, or, or, you know, uh, do you need to get yourself in a better spot with student loans or a mortgage or helping with kids college? So I, I think that's spot on. And, you know, when we say financial planning, it's who are you really relying on to, to have these conversations? Because with this newfound wealth comes that responsibility, I think, to make sure you're, you're doing, making, making the best use of this money you can. And if you're just getting started out in life, you know, those are the fundamental things that we would talk about. But what about, all right, let's, let's move to the situation where somebody inheritance, that's inheritance from, from older parents. So maybe they're not just getting started out in their financial life, but they're 50 years old, they're 55. You know, what, what does that conversation look like? Yeah, so I think that clearly is that, you know the 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 sweet spot of that pre-retired profile for us someone who's who's nearing retirement maybe is, is starting to think about retirement as a, a an actual light at the end of the tunnel they're getting close yeah. Yeah. um we certainly see in in that age range you know they may have kids in or near or just out of college so they're dealing with you know some of those expenses so it's it's that it's the competing goals idea but the point is um, you know, this, this newfound money may not necessarily solve all of their financial woes, but our job, we, we, the way that we would approach that is let's prioritize, again, it's, it's planning. Let's prioritize what your goals are, yes. what are you looking yeah. to accomplish, and let's efficiently allocate whatever those resources are to make sure that that actually aligns with what you say is important to you. Yeah, and I think we can we can leave that last camp, you know, maybe the 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 loss of a spouse or, you know, somebody that yeah. was intimately uh, you were close with financially and, and emotionally. I think that can probably be a separate podcast of how we have mm -hmm. to help someone walk through that. But, you know, let's maybe move to the second point then. You know, not only should you be relying on a financial planner if you kind of have this major life transition of receiving an inheritance, but let's let's go to the second thing that I'd want to kind of harp on and that's maybe acknowledging the things that we would want to try to prevent or, you know, let's give them some education on um, things that we've seen go wrong when somebody inherits something. Um, I mean, I got a little list here. Do you want to, I'll maybe kick it to you first. No, you start, start with yours and I'll, I'll fill in. Yeah. So I think we want to articulate it as right. Not all inheritance is created equal depending on what the assets are. Right. There's a big difference to us between I now was a part of a life insurance policy that comes to me tax free. Right now we're getting into nerdy financial planning talk mm -hmm. versus a retirement account that I have to pay taxes on. So, you know, this is why financial planning is so important. But we sometimes see the mistake of not really understanding what you own. And then when you start taking money out to utilize it for your goals, once you have that plan, um, you didn't really factor in that these retirement assets on top of my income, like are really throwing me into a higher tax bracket. And all of a sudden, like I'm paying way more than I would have thought in taxes or early withdrawal fees or, or something of that nature. Yeah. And even, even just thinking about that as, as you were going through that, 
that's going to be a more prevalent issue, right? Inheriting retirement dollars. You know, you, you go back to the, the 50s, 60s, 70s, saving for retirement really wasn't a, wasn't necessarily a thing in, in these quote unquote retirement accounts. You had your pension through work, yeah, you had social security and you had just savings at the bank. Um, you know, when, when these retirement accounts really started to come into play was the eighties and nineties. So now what's being passed on, it, it, it's, yeah. it's changing. I mean, just like anything else in, in this country, that's the way that we do business and just these, these options have evolved yeah. over time. People are now inheriting where, where the bulk of people are saving now, where, where we see the most amount of wealth is, is usually in retirement accounts. And that creates yeah. a whole other ball of wax when it comes to excuse me, to your point, what you inherit and just how that's going to impact from a tax standpoint. It's not just the life insurance proceeds that are tax-free. You can use right, them as you right. wish and there's no, there's no impact uh, from a tax standpoint. But yeah, when you start getting into retirement dollars and you know Roth IRA versus IRA, to your point, the, the more you withdraw from an IRA, the more tax you're going to pay. So depending on where those dollars get allocated, there are, there are ways to address that and try to limit the tax impact um, right. over time. Right, so if we, if we think about, again, those different phases of life, so, so somebody that's a little younger needed to, to have that money pay off debt. Well, great, but if you need to take a lump sum out of that retirement account, again, A is not A. You know, $10 coming out does not mean a net $10 to you. So I think there's also like this, this role that we would need to play, regardless of, of what they are looking to do or, or how they're looking to have this impact their financial plan on, what is really the, the safe math on those withdrawals, you know, for mm -hmm. whether that money is going to be there, hopefully to, to support them for a long period of time, or whether again, it is lump sum chunks. I mean, we've, we've said in, in different podcasts, we believe in kind of that 4% withdrawal rule where if you want this money to kind of support you for a longer period of time, you not only need to recognize what is a safe withdrawal, but again, factor in the taxes. Um, and every time you make a lump sum distribution, it's not just the taxes, but you forever forego what that money might have, you know, kicked off for you as some sort of income support um, in the future. Yeah, it's it's the geese that the way we approach that it's it's the geese laying your golden eggs. And and yeah, if you're dipping, if you're if you're eating geese along the way, you're yeah. you're always you're foregoing all of the future eggs that they they could have laid. I guess the other two things that pop into my mind on just conversations we would want to make sure we have or education that we would want to give as part of this process is answering those questions of, well, what can I really afford to do with this inheritance, right? Saving is hard. It is a grind to save money to reach your goals. And now when this gets put before you, right, there can be that euphoria of, all right, this is now going to solve that goal. But we really need to bring that back to, but does it like, can you really afford that? Does, does moving into a bigger house or doing this project, are these the best use of that money for what it really can be? Um, and those are conversations we want to have. Yeah, that's, that's exactly where my, my mind went immediately as you were saying that it's, that's our job to, to hopefully give the perspective, give the context, walk through the, the pros and cons of certain decisions, right? It's, it's all about trade-offs. And then we can help guide somebody through that process. They can make the decision on, on what's gonna fit best for them. But our, our hope is to give them enough education, enough information that they feel confident in making that decision, knowing 
you know, the, the trade-offs that, that may have to come. Yeah. So that's going to lead me to, I think, the third thing that we should articulate as kind of like how we can help. You know, if we talk about financial planning, we talk about part of financial planning is, you know, education and the tough conversations on potholes we're trying to avoid. Then the third one, and you kind of alluded to it, and I, I like the way you put it, it's our job to guide someone through this process, right? We have checklists, we have support, you know, this is an emotional time and planning is important. So I think the third thing that I'd want to harp on is it's okay to give yourself some time, right? I, I think... I think so much of this is going to be about the emotional side of needing to kind of understand what do you need to do right now and what is okay to just kind of put on a list for, I can figure that out later and allow yourself to go through the grieving process or go through the education or exploratory process, the financial planning process mm -hmm. um, to then really feel like the decisions that you're making are best for you, especially if it goes back to what would what would my loved one have wanted yeah and it it certainly like you said we have we have the checklist we have enough experience going through this that yeah you know we we know what what items need to be done sooner than later and we know the the items that can be put off until you know we the whoever that is feels more comfortable making those big potentially irrevocable decisions Right. You never want to right. make make yeah those those permanent decisions early on in the process. You shared it yesterday when we were prepping for this. You know we have a client who made a quick decision after her husband passed away, and she regretted that decision for quite Moving. a while. Yeah, yeah. So so even just again w walking through that process, it, uh, I would hope would be helpful. Yeah. And that's where it comes back to partnership. You know, if the question is, I now receive this again, expected or unexpected, who am I relying on? You're certainly going to interface with an estate attorney, I'm guessing, or some, somebody else that's going to notify you that you are a part of this person's legacy plan. Mm -hmm. um, but if you don't have a financial plan, highly recommended. Um, or if you know somebody going through this and they aren't getting that kind of support, you know, please, we're happy to talk to somebody. We're happy to help walk them through it. As you said, we've unfortunately, this is part of our job. We've gone through it more times than we care to count. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any other points you want to make before we kind of summarize this? I don't think so. The, the, the last thing you, you kind of touched on there is invariably they're, they're going to be involved with an accountant, an attorney, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's certainly our role to be a part of that. Um, you know, they're, whoever we're working with shouldn't feel like they're out on an island, um, you know, having to, to go through that process. We can certainly be the intermediary and, and hopefully, um, like you said, guide them through the process. We can be your financial quarterback um, to help connect all those dots between professionals. Yeah. And let's emphasize if it's your responsibility to settle somebody's estate, yeah. like, and I, I would hope that you knew that ahead of time, but um, that's where, you know, we want to be support for that because that's a, a huge job to take on a lot of different moving parts, a lot of different terminology. Um, we're here to support you. Yep. So let's wrap it up again. We recognize and the first things, the obvious money's emotional. And when you tie it to a person, you know, that you've lost now you having to deal with the money, it's even more emotional. Um, so financial planning, the process is to help you through that difficult transition and the emotions of it. Um, but it does go back to the basis when we try to figure out what's the best use of this now. 
um, and you kind of harped on it. It's, it's a phase of life conversation. So those checklists will be different depending on where people are and what their goals are, but we're here to, you know, help you keep the main thing, the main thing, um, make sure that you're avoiding some of those potholes and um, give yourself some time. You know, they're just like the grief process. It's not quick. It doesn't need to be. Um, so don't make big ir irrevocable decisions with, with money just because now it's, it's in your name. Well said. Thank you, sir. All right. Until, until the next time. You got it. All right. Catch you soon. See Thanks ya. for your input. Yep. Bye. Hey everyone, Adam and I really appreciate you tuning in. Please note that the opinions we voiced in the show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be most appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, your accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to making any decisions or investing. Thanks for listening.